All right, thank you for joining me for another episode of Hoops with Slim Shooter. We're gonna get right into things with our news from around the NBA. Magic Johnson is teaming up with the Small Business Administration and the Payroll Protection Program um, to offer $100 million in support to minority and women-owned businesses around the country. Um, this is an incredible opportunity for um, sm- for small businesses to get the help that they need to be supported through this through this uh, difficult time. Um, we all want to see the economy thrive and, and get better when all of this is over. And this is a way for people that can. Um, and are willing to help um, give of their resources to see the country continue to run and for the American dream of small business owners uh, and those of minority and women to continue to thrive. So I love that $100 million in support from Matt Johnson, incredible. Um, Mike Conley is donating $200,000 to fund food services, homelessness, to aid in homelessness, and um, for learning needs and develop programs um, and materials in five different communities. Um, he says that he wants to give back to show love to, um, to, you know, to the community in, in an aspect of you know, just a giving back, a paying forward of all the people that sacrificed for him and got him to be where he is today. Um, So he just wants to give back and show that love $200,000. So amazing to see Mike Conley do that. LeBron James, I mentioned this earlier in in a a previous episode that LeBron and Stephen Curry uh, just have been showing their support for the 2020 senior class graduates. Um, And LeBron um, this past week hosted a virtual ceremony for the 2020 senior class. Um, that reached over 3 million students across the country um, for him to take the time to just really appreciate and um, put his time, energy, and love into respecting these children that are going to become the future of our country, of our world, and do incredible things with their lives. It's so important that we all should take time to do Um, And I just love to see that over 3 million students um, across the nation, um, you know, that that's amazing. So then, you know, Scott Brooks um, got his his daughter, talked him into shaving his head to raise $50,000 to provide food for workers who have been in the front lines dealing with this this pandemic um and so you know it's it's us it's everyone trying to figure out a way to do something fun creative um if you have the platform to raise awareness of the sacrifices that people are making and to just give back to the community to keep our world going strong um uh, it's not just our country it's our world that's being affected by this so any way that that you can figure out some creative way to raise funds and give back and be a blessing to others is is amazing and so i love it that scott brooks daughter talked him into doing this and raised 50k so it's awesome um for the news around you know for the nba teams itself um 11 out of the 30 teams have reopened their practice facilities and started on court individual workouts hopefully preparing for a possible you know finish of the season coming up within 
the you know the weeks to come um adam silver has put out some statements um saying that within the new next two to four weeks you know um he they should be making a decision on whether or not they're going to continue the season or cancel it um you know there's been quite a few players that want to continue to play um and there's a lot of player you know there's and then there's some on the other side saying let's just go ahead and cancel it you know there's no need to force something especially when there's health risks um a lot of different variables in the way but um orlando's disney disney world has emerged as like a front runner of a stationary site that can be like a bubble site where all the games can take place where um you know testing can happen where all the teams can get placed in the hotels um they base you know walt disney and that's like their own little world over there um on their complex so it, it would be a perfect location to do so um you know because they don't plan on reopening anytime soon so um and then i heard also that vegas las vegas has uh, you know some of the accommodations that could help as well so they're kind of in the running too um so but orlando's disney world is definitely their first option as of right now so we'll see what happens with that all right so that's your news from around the nba now let's get into our basketball drill of the week um one key thing as a player um to um, create separation to make a move to the basket to separate yourself as um someone that can go out there and get a bucket um for your team is your first step um we know you know when you have a quick first step it allows you to um, put all the pressure on the defense for them to react to you and then you can make your move accordingly and get the space that you need to rise up make that nice assist or um you know you know your first step is key and so a drill that i like to do is very simple um you can use a couple of different uh shapes you use the diamond box square and triangle and you can set up cones pieces of tape um, or just imagine these shapes on the floor in front of you stand on one foot and you're going to use intervals of 30 seconds to one minute depending on how hard you want to make it for yourself and you are just going to do like one foot jabs um, balancing on one foot using that you know quick short bursts to get your first step stronger um, i recommend that you do once you know you do 30 seconds to a minute on your right foot and then immediately change over and do 30 seconds to a minute on your left foot um, get both feet strong you need to be a versatile player to be able to do um, your quick first step from your left and your right um, because if you make yourself one-dimensional we know that um, the higher you get in basketball you are going to get scouted and players will know he can't go left or he can't go right he's only got one direction so your first step uh, is is key so um, you know like I said change your feet and then um, and then give yourself a 20 second break in between sets do as many as you can um, and then you can also do it with the ball and add in you know if you do have an outdoor court add in a you know taking a first step like you're blown by a defender and getting a jump shot or going all the way to the rim for a layup um, so this is the first first step drill um, it's going to give you that burst that quickness and hopefully you see a difference 
um, when you get back out there on the court. So this has been your, your news around the NBA and your drill of the week. All right, so coming back with this week's uh, 30 teams in 30 weeks, we got the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, so the Dallas Mavericks, they were founded in 1980 um, by a businessman, Don Carter. So he proposed in 1978, Don Carter proposed the idea of bringing an NBA team back to Dallas after the Chaparros moved to San Antonio to become the San Antonio Spurs. His first attempt was to purchase a another team and move them to, to Dallas. Um, he tried to get the Milwaukee Bucks and the Kansas City Kings, but both of those teams fell through. Um, and it ended up being his only uh, choice was to try to get the league to expand and add more teams. So after um, Davis turn, uh, took his reign as commissioner of the NBA in 1980. He convinced him to add two teams for the 1980-81 season, which were the Dallas Mavericks and the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, the, the Timberwolves ended up backing out and not uh, coming in the NBA until later on. Um, but the NBA settled with uh, Don Carter and the Dallas Mavericks on a $12.5 million dollar uh, basically sign sign up fee to the NBA um, so Don Carter is the reason that the Dallas Mavericks exist and are in Dallas um, and because of his persistence you know the NBA has got a incredible franchise that has added a lot of amazing players games and um, you know just added to the history of the game um, and you know, until his passing, Don Carter's passing in 2018, um, he continued to come to games and be a presence um, and show his face with his signature cowboy hat. Um, he loved the Dallas Mavericks and it was definitely a intricate part of his life. So, um, yeah, Don Carter is the reason we have the Mavericks. Um, the Mavericks, it's interesting that name um, and how it was chosen for the Dallas Mavericks and um when they when they had the team in 1980 they put out a press release with a couple of different teams or names um the express um maverick after the popular tv show back then and they had over 4,000 people mail in votes to choose and name the team the dallas mavericks so um, very odd, but you know, cool way to do it to to get the fans involved and hear what they want their team to be called. So I, I like it. Um, in January of 2000, Mark Cuban purchased the Dallas Mavericks majority stock for over eight, uh, 285 million dollars. Um, now, the way the NBA is going and how popular the league is, I, I would say 285 million dollars um, is actually a steal um because that i mean you're going to generate that kind of revenue uh, so quickly you're going to make your money back and obviously mark cuban saw that and realized how incredible you know how great of an investment that was um and you know he just loves the game of basketball and he wanted a sports franchise so yeah he got it for 285 million dollars in 2000 and before his you know reign as majority owner um, the, the Mavericks were pretty mediocre. Um, they, 
averaged about 40% winning, you know, uh, their percentage was about 40% of their games. And, you know, they didn't really make any noise in the playoffs. They didn't do much. Um, but, but, you know, after Mark Cuban took over in 2000 and since he's helped to turn that percentage from 40 to 69, um, and plus two trips to the NBA finals with their one and only championship in 2011 over the Miami heat. Um, in total, the Mavericks have three division titles, two conference titles, and then the one championship. Um, so uh, a lot of their success has come in the in the late 90s and 2000s um you know after mark cuban took over and of course after they acquired dirk Nowitzki as their franchise player um but mark cuban made a huge impact on this team and not only you know uh making this team popular but man filling the stands since 02 all the way to 2017 the mavericks have recorded a record-breaking 700 sellout games um and you know that is just a testament of what kind of owner and businessman that mark cuban is um, and his impact on this franchise uh, mark cuban is not your ordinary owner you know he's not he's not the one to sit up in a press box and be behind the scenes uh he is going to to be on the front lines cheering for his team um, going after the refs when there's a bad call and at times going a little bit too far um, the nba has fined mark cuban countless times um, but you know mark cuban sees it as he's going to bat for his players and for the franchise that he cares a lot about he definitely loves the game of basketball and you can see that by his um, passion when he's cheering for his team um, a really cool thing that he does that every time he gets fined by the NBA, he takes it as an opportunity to show love back to the community and to support um, different foundations. So he matches uh, whatever his fine is in a contribution to charity. Um, so, you know, at least he's giving back to the community and, and doing something good um, from one of those, you know, many fines that he has. Um, you know, Mark Cuban, as, as passionate as he gets, man, if I was a player of the Dallas Mavericks, I would love it. I would love to see my, you know, the owner, um, basically, you know, your boss out there cheering for you. You know, he, it seems like he has your back. He wants to win just as much as those players want to win. And that's cool. I mean, that's the kind of person that you want to work for that cares as much about your craft as you do. Um, so Mark Cuban, really awesome owner and obviously a great business owner. You guys, you know, see him on Shark Tank and all the different investments. He, he has, uh, you know, he's, he's in his own league and has definitely taken the Mavericks um, to the next level. And hopefully in the process right now of rebuilding with uh you know luca and porzingis and you know tim hardaway jr and all the little pieces that they're putting together right now they have a very talented young team that i'm excited to see their future um and uh, you know i think it starts with him uh, just allowing you know hiring the right people allowing them to work um carlisle as their coach i mean he he's an amazing coach that has gotten them a championship already and cuban believes in him and so uh, it's exciting to see, you know, the possibilities of what the Mavericks could do in the future. 
Um, but in the West, man, it's always tough. They're in the West and the West is stacked. So it's definitely uh, an uphill battle, but I like I like to see young teams emerge and make some noise. So it's gonna be it's gonna be really interesting going into the future. Some top players in the history of the of the Mavericks. Um, my favorite players in their history that I've grown up watching and love to 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 see on the court. Um, starting with Jason Terry, he was the 10th overall pick in the 1999 draft. He's been the sixth man of the year. He was a part of the 2011 championship team, and he was the in his very first season as a Maverick. He went 50% from the three-point line, 40% from the field, and 80% from from the free throw line. Um, not not quite that 50, 40, 90 club that um, a lot of players aspire to be in, but his very first season, uh, I mean, you can't beat that. Um, he also joined an elite club by scoring over 30 points in his very first finals appearance. Um, and, you know, finishing, also finishing his career ranking fourth all-time in three points made, um, not just for the Mavericks, but for the league as a whole. Um, the Jet, man, he was, if you need a key bucket, he was there for the three-point radio to put it in. Um, very fun to watch. Jason Kidd, man, one of the greatest players of all time, was the second overall pick in 1994, had two stints with the Mavericks early in his career and then near the end. Um, and, and that second stint was uh, allowed him to get a championship um, in 2011. He's a 10-time All-Star, Rookie of the Year, and a you know one of my favorite. These are my two favorite uh, you know achievements for for me are a five-time NBA assist leader and a four-time All-Defensive Player. That shows that Jason Kidd is he's not just a scorer, he's not just a passer. He does it all. He plays defense. He gets you. Uh, those good dimes he you know and he's a, he's an all-star he's one he's one a ring he is an all-around amazing player definitely one of the greatest players of all time um, Steve Nash two-time NBA MVP eight-time all-star five-time assist leader and a five-time 40 uh, 50-40-90 club uh, I mean this this dude Steve Nash is so underrated um, and underappreciated that, I mean, it's unreal. I mean, he, I know he gets a lot of hate for winning back-to-back -back MV, MVPs when he played in the league with Kobe, when a lot of people thought Kobe could have got that, you know, one of those MVPs. Um, but, you know, this man is just so efficient and just an incredible player to watch and learn from. Uh, and even, even today, he's always putting out videos and drills work, working with um, the, the app home court um, I know he's always putting out new drills for young players to, to learn from him and um, try to try to implement kind of some of the things that he did uh, Steve Nash very exciting and fun player to watch play the game Jamal Mashburn um, for me uh, I was born in 91 um, he came into the league in 93, so his best years, I would say, I didn't get to watch a whole lot of. I saw him near the end of his career, uh, but he was the fourth overall pick in 1993. Um, and when he first joined the league, he was the fourth youngest player to ever drop 50 in a game. Um, he was a very talented young player, and with that Mavs team, he was a part of the three J's. Jim Jackson, Jason Kidd, and Jamal Mashburn. Not a whole lot of success. Um, for him uh, back in the day with the Mavs, 
but uh, you know he was definitely one of their star players he was the one out there uh, you know giving it his all trying his best to get wins for the Mavericks um, so yeah Jamal Mashburn Michael Finley the 2007 uh, champ with the Spurs two-time all-star um, man tied an NBA record for eight steals in one half when he played for the Mavericks that is very impressive um, and still stands as a record played a large supporting role with the Dallas Mavericks obviously um, you know he he was you know Dirk came into the league around the same time he did um, and he was just there to give advice and I, I think one of the big reasons why Dirk is as good as he is on defense is a testament to uh, some of the players that he was surrounded by in Jason Kidd and people like Michael Finley who had that defensive mindset that tough nose uh, blue collar uh, type of attitude on the court that they worked hard for everything that they got um, as well as being talented so uh, Michael Finley an amazing Mavericks player and then the the best Maverick of all time of course is Dirk, Dirk Nowitzki um, he, he's a, he was a part of the 2011 championship, championship team. He was the finals MVP on that team. Um, he was the league MVP in 2007, a 14-time All-Star, and a member of the 50-40-90 club. He won the three-point contest um, in 2006, and he averaged 27-2 for his entire career. N Dirk uh, revolutionized the, the position that he was in. Um, not you know before him not not i mean i can't think of very many players that were as big as him uh out there on the three-point line um his position was you know his size his position was thought of you're supposed to be in the post you're supposed to be banging down there getting boards uh you know getting short mid-range shots and he you know he changed the game he put, took his european style of play um, and stretched the court and made the big men guard him out on that three-point line, which allowed um, the league to see that, you know, big men can play that position too. They can have an expanded role in the game of basketball. And I really think that just he is, he is one of the staples of why the NBA is like it is now. And you have all of these big men with the ability to shoot threes. Um, so he, he definitely paved the way for that Dirk Nowitzki one of the best players of all time um and probably will go down as the best Maverick to ever play basketball I know that Porzingis um is a very similar player to him and is kind of in his shadow right now and I know would sh definitely strive and love to to have some of the accolades that Dirk has and hopefully uh, you know, Dirk is giving him advice and tips and helping him to get there um, because he is a very talented player that could be uh, similar to Dirk. Um, so, yeah, that is your 30 for 30 Dallas Mavericks. We are going to continue in the West in the, on the, in, in the West Western Conference next week with the Phoenix Suns. We're going to go through their history, talk about their players, and just kind of dive into them as a franchise. I would love to hear your comments, feedback uh, about the Dallas Mavericks from, from this episode and any questions and things that you would like to hear about next week's episode about the uh, Phoenix Suns. So um, that's your 30 for 30, 30 teams in 30 weeks, Dallas Mavericks.